Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. So hey, everybody, and welcome back to Gay with God. As always, I'm so happy that you keep coming back and that you're sharing and subscribing and leaving nice little notes to let us know how you feel about the show. So I want to um, just say at the beginning of this show that we have a returning guest. We're going to go deeper with Joey Cromer. You met him last week on the podcast, and we only got part of his story and so much of it and why you know he struggles so, so much you know, with religion and with God is because there are some things in his life that he says, you know, God should have been there for him and why not? And so we're going to go deeper. And I wanted to also let you know that in this show, as we go deeper, there may be some, some things that may trigger you that may have happened in your past. So we're going to go deeper with Joey Kramer. And I just wanted to give you that uh, little update that you may need to be careful with your own feelings and emotions. If you do start to feel overwhelmed, uh, please remember who your support systems are, who you love in your life and who love you so that you can take care of yourself. So welcome back to the show, Joey. Thank you for having me once again. You are welcome. You are so welcome. I also know that we talked about that I have a lag problem today. So my yes. computer is unstable. And so if Joey pauses in between my questions, or if you can't hear my questions, this will be horrible and we may have to like tank it and start over another day. But if he pauses, it's not because he's thinking that hard, although he is a deep thinker. <laughs> but it doesn't it may take be me that long. <laughs> it doesn't take that long. <laughs> it may be that my words are going through the internet. <laughs> so we'll see. So, so Joey, I, I would love to start uh, where we started just a minute ago, just to update the, the viewers, because, you know, you are right now not going to church and, and you don't need a, a church to validate you. And, and at this point, you may not need God to validate you. Um, but I noticed that this Sunday um, you asked for the link and you actually joined the online church at Good Shepherd for the Episcopal Church. And so tell our viewers as an agnostic, um, but someone who wants to want to do it differently, what made you decide to, to tune in? Well, educating myself on different religions has always been kind of a part of my life, whether, you know, it be Buddhist, Christianity, all the facets of Christianity. And I don't want to uh, miss out on an opportunity where I can educate myself on something that could be positive in my life or may discover something that, you know, Hey, it's not for me. I'm glad it works for other people, but it's just not for me. And that's just been kind of um, a theme in my life almost is mm -hmm. self-discovery, you mm -hmm. know, and with all the trauma and things, you know, uh, it's hard for me to, to grasp on to one religious aspect 
or um, I don't know what the word is, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's why I wanted to go is because I wanted to experience it for myself. Mm -hmm. Well, I just, I love that you did that one. I was just delighted to see that you showed up and uh, it was unexpected. Didn't know it was going to happen. And so it was really cool to see Joey is watching with you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm a man of many surprises. You are, you are. Um, and I love the fact that you're, you're always searching and that you're always looking and, and questioning and, and diving deeper in, in lots of ways. So, um, and I, yes. and I think that was similar to how I kept doing it too, is that I kept finding other ways to, to put that spirituality that I felt inside of me into practice, even though I couldn't do it the God way for a long, long, long time. Uh, but other ways, because they were things that I tapped in that came from a place of love, gave me that feeling that I, I yearned for. Yeah, those good feelings are kind of your guide. And, you know, I think that's why a lot of people get stuck in religious beliefs. And I'm not going to say it's their religious beliefs, because mm -hmm. I'm a very big firm believer that a lot of our religious beliefs are passed down their heritage mm -hmm. you know they're mm -hmm. what our grandparents believe what our parents believed you know what our great great grandparents believe you know we've been uh pentecostal our whole uh our family's been pentecostals far back as we can remember mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people get trapped in this thing of if i disagree with them then i'm pretty much calling what they believe in a lie mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of people are afraid to say you know, Hey, it's just not what I believe in, or, Hey, I want to take a different path, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that, that was a, that was a big deal to me is, mm -hmm. you know, not, not just coming out as gay, but coming out as someone who's ag agnostic in my religious Southern Baptist Pentecostal family, yeah. you know, and, and just saying, you know, I don't believe in that, you know, Hey, I appreciate the prayers. Thanks. If it works for you, Hey, that's good, but it's just not for me, you know, yeah. going to church, is just not for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine because in my grandfather's world, who he was a minister, we were the only religion. He was like so narrow that, right. that everybody else is probably going to hell. <laughs> he he's definitely yeah. thought Catholics were going to hell. So if he were alive today and he knew that I had leaned back in to an Episcopal church and I'll, I think all of our religions are basically coming from that Roman Catholic Catholicism. But um, if we had maybe not the Pentecostal, I really don't know. But um, I know that the Episcopal <laughs> Church is heavily, um, you know, it heavily comes from the Catholic traditions. And um, he, he would have just lost it. <laughs> he would have lost it. Yeah. Because he's, he really didn't believe in any of that. And um, I love I love the the Episcopal uh, I think Robin Williams called it Episcopal light, um, all of the liturgy and none of the guilt. <laughs> right. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I love that part. It, all right. Yes. You know, no, I was just going to say it, it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching um, the um, ceremony mm -hmm. of it, the, mm -hmm. the, I couldn't believe how many people were there and were still under a mask mandate. So that mm -hmm. was impressive that that many people was there, but it, it mm -hmm. was an experience. Mm -hmm. It was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, yeah. I've, I definitely have been impressed with how well the reopening committee has 
made sure that people not only know that, you know, we hope that everybody gets vaccinated, but that you, you sign in for, you know, trace tracing back if somebody ever does get COVID that we know who was in the building at that time so that we can alert people that there is a threat uh, that they are, you know, and that masks are worn. Uh, now at both services, we have a nine o'clock and a 1030. And it used to be the nine o'clock was the for people who were fragile and also, you know, really didn't want to be around anybody without a mask, no matter what the numbers are. Uh, they could attend the nine o'clock, which was completely masked and socially distanced. And then the 1030 at one point we were able to be unmasked and now we're back to being fully masked because the numbers went up. So um, they've been very cautious and I, I love that. All right. So we are here though. 41% today. in Randolph County. Isn't that pitiful? Um, <laughs> it's awful. It's so, sorry. I'm I keep so, interrupting you. I'm so sorry. No, I can just fine. talk to you all day. Just babble <laughs> about anything. Your, your listeners are just going to have to deal with me. <laughs> and I am not offended at all. <laughs> I may lose track, but I'm not offended. So if I say, what was I saying? And you'll go, I don't know. And we'll just start over. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I do. I do. I do love talking to you too, as always. Um, but we do want to dive in deeper for you. I know that you've got an important uh, appointment later this afternoon. I do not want to keep you past that time so that you can go and get ready. So um, anyway, um, let's talk about your your problem with God. You're, you wanted to go deeper because there are things that happened in your life and, and you have a problem with whether or not God showed up mm -hmm. for you. So tell us your story. Right. Well, that is such a broad uh, subject. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I guess I'll begin back um, when my drug addiction and alcoholism was really, really bad. Okay. Um, it, it got so bad that pretty much all of my family turned their back on me, mm -hmm. except for my mother. Um, she was always been there for me my whole entire life no matter what I did you know she was always she was my mommy you know she was always there for me and I am a big mama's boy big mama's boy but uh, my drug addiction got so bad that even and alcoholism got so bad that even my mother uh, said I don't know who you are anymore mm. um, if your listeners remember I talked about a wreck that I had um, and where I'd had some incidents where um death was a part of it mm -hmm. um and my mother pretty much looked at me and said I don't know who you are anymore my son died you know mm. the 24th of April 2004 I don't know who you are wow yeah she told me she said if uh you need food call me I'll bring you something to eat I will not give you money mm -hmm. you know I will not do this do that mm -hmm. um and the hardest part I think for me to accept during that time was my family's Christian and, you know, Jesus walked with the drunkards and the drug addicts and the mm -hmm. prostitutes and the, you know, the people of ill repute, I'll say. Uh, and, you know, where was my salvation? Where was my people? Where was God when I was going through all this? Uh, I became homeless, mm -hmm. uh, spent some time out in the woods uh, just surviving, trying to survive. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, it was warm weather, so I didn't, you know, freeze to death. But 
uh, th- this whole time I was, I was out in nature uh, asking for the Christian God, Jesus, to come help and save me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so abandoned. Mm-hmm. I felt so lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopelessness was, was my constant friend. Um, <clears throat> somehow during all this time, I was still able to buy alcohol. Wow. Um, and yeah, and stay intoxicated uh, during this time. And it, it, it was really difficult. Um, I uh, had gotten into some trouble because of drugs and alcohol and uh, decided that I could no longer go at it alone, that I was just I was at my bottom. I was completely at my bottom. So I called my probation officer and um, said, I'd like to go to prison or I'm going to die. Wow. So, yeah, I went to court, told the judge what was going on and went to prison. Uh, This is my truth, my story. Mm -hmm. You know, some Mm -hmm. people aren't going to like it, but, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's what happened to me. It's what got me to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I went to prison and if anyone's ever heard about anyone being in prison or jail, everybody finds religion and Jesus in jail and prison. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, except yep. me, hmm. you know, during that time, you know, I was still looking hard for that Christian God that I grew up with in the Pentecostal and Southern Baptist churches, you know, when I was a kid to show up and save me, rescue me, uh, help me, give me some type of guidance, something, somewhere along the way, uh, never showed up, uh, never got any signs, never got any, uh, burning bushes, as you like to say. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't get no burning bushes either, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. There were no prisoners walking around on fire. So there was nobody I could talk to. Nobody with a sign say God here. Turn right, God over yeah, here. Yeah, what were you God's right for? here. So, God's what were you here. looking for, Joey? What would have been the sign? What do you? What were you looking for? Something inside myself to say mm. it's going to be okay. Mm. Something inside myself to say you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Something inside myself say, you know what? You may not love you, but I love you. Mm-hmm. everyone else may have turned their back on you but I'm not turning my back on you mm-hmm. you know and I grew up with this religious um I'm going to use the word philosophy okay of you know Jesus loves you uh you just pray pray hard Jesus will be there he'll he'll take away your burdens and you know lay your burdens on him and all will be fine and he's you know the good shepherd and he'll lead his flock and all. And I just never, ever experienced it ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole time I was going through that, I um, got out of, got out of prison, uh, went to a halfway house. Um, it was a really popular rehabilitation house. Um, I, I don't know if I should give the name or not, but anyway, totally it was a three quarter house. Okay. Yeah. It was an Oxford house. Um, and it was in Ashboro, um, on Church Street. Uh, 
ironically, Church Street. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, you couldn't find the, God. The <laughs> couldn't find God. I thought he was at the halfway house. See, it's not, the it's not always the building, buddy. It's not always the building. It's not. It's not always the building. It's not always the building. So I joined the program of Narcotics Anonymous. And I stayed clean and sober for roughly two and a half years, three years, something like that. And in the program, you they mentioned God. And I spoke with my sponsor about it, about it being just this huge problem for me. You know, and he said, well, look at it this way. He said, can you control the wind? And I said, no. And he said, can you control uh, the rain? No. Can you control the temperature outside? No. And he says, well, those are all higher powers. Those are all powers outside of you that you have absolutely no control over. So let's think of God like that as a, as, as a power outside yourself that you have no control over. And let's call it a higher power, like the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous calls. So I was okay with that. I was pretty cool mm -hmm. with that. It was the first time I'd had, I guess you would call a, an inkling of spirituality in, mm -hmm. in my life, something I could grasp onto, something I could say, okay, there's nothing in this that says, you know, you're going to hell because you're gay. You're going to hell because mm -hmm. of this or that, or, you know, just because you were born, right. you're going to hell, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it was the first time that I experienced a power outside myself that I could relate to, that I felt related to me, that I felt was there for me. Because uh, God, to a lot of people, not everyone, but to a lot of people in the program, God, G-O-D, is good, orderly direction. And that's really what I needed in my life was, was some direction, a, a path that I, I didn't have to see the end of it. I just needed to see the next step in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I, I grew spiritually in the program. And, and I blossomed spiritually. You know, I started doing things for other people. I started showing up for my mom. My family invited me back in. You know, my life was absolutely wonderful back then. Had a job I was able to go to every single day without being hung over or intoxicated when I went in, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, yeah, I, I believe at that point in my journey, uh, the beginning of me saying, Hey, there may be something more mm -hmm. out there than what I believe. I've just been looking in the wrong place for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think God's too big for one book. I think, uh, God's too big for as many books that's ever been written or ever will be written. Uh, he's just that big or she's just that big. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I think God with that good orderly direction can show up in your life and, and tell you what's right and wrong, tell you what you should or should not do, you know, give you that guidance that you need without the structure of a church mm -hmm. or a, a religious tag, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to have it to experience God, but there's nothing wrong with having that in your life if, if it works for you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that was a, that was a eye-opening experience for me, the program. Um, sadly, I 
relapsed Mm -hmm. um, after about three years. And in the program, they always say that uh, it gets worse. Every time you go back out, it gets worse, you know, and as your listeners and you may remember from the last time I spoke, I've already been dead. How much worse can it be? (laughs) What, I stay dead? (laughs) Okay. That's an interesting question. (laughs) I'm going to go through that door. (laughs) Well, that's an interesting question because I think there's two ways to be dead. You could be physically dead. You can be, well, maybe more than two ways. You can be physically dead. You can be emotionally dead. You can be spiritually dead. You know, living as a, a dead, feelless person so to speak, you know, one that can't feel, can't have compassion. Can't, I think that that for me is, would be worse than actually dying. Yes, it is. Um, And that actually ties in wonderfully with, you know, the next um, event in my life, I'll call it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I had left the program, had started drinking again, uh, wasn't doing drugs anymore, uh, but was still drinking. Now, in the back of my mind, I'm always hearing this. Um, it gets worse every time you go out. It gets mm-hmm. worse every time you go out. So it was uh, during Pride Month, uh, September. And I was asked to help at a Pride event. So I went to the Pride event, helped out you know, for a couple of days, and then the last day of pride, there was an after party and open bar. And I thought, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. And, uh, it was in the basement of a hotel and the hotel was open and, you know, rented rooms and, and what have you. And some people had rented some rooms and I, you know, one of my friends said, you know, yeah, you can stay with me, whatever. So I'm, I'm at the party and, um, intoxicated, heavily intoxicated. And I remember this person kept coming up speaking to me and uh, I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to be mean and say, you know, Hey, I'm not interested, but uh, they asked if they could buy me a drink. And I said, sure. And uh, they get me a drink and I drink it. And I remember I started feeling really weird. Really, really funny. Really, really funny. Mm-mm. And uh, I remember it's flashes that I remember from that night, but I remember being led up some stairs. I guess it was out of the club. Mm. Uh, I remember being in an elevator. And then without going into graphic detail, the next thing I remember, I uh, came to and was being sexually assaulted by several men in a hotel room. Mm. And where was God? Mm. Where was that, you know, beginning of, of peace that I had found in the program? You know, where Mm -hmm. was that? You know, uh, why didn't he show up and stop this from happening? Why didn't, uh, you know, he keep me in the program? Why didn't he or she, you know, lead me out of this. Why, why did I have to go through it? Um, I woke up the next morning wrapped in a sheet uh, on the floor, almost stuffed up underneath the bed. 
And I thought to myself, I've been stabbed or something. They have tried to kill me. Well, I got up, wasn't wounded in any way, um, got dressed, left, didn't speak of it to the friends that I was with. Um, they asked where I was and I said, Oh, you know, I crashed somebody else's place, you know, whatever. Uh, sorry. It's kind of hard for me to talk about. Yeah. uh, Take your time. Uh, I went home and I had a friend or someone I thought was a friend. And, uh, I decided to speak to them about it. They were, I'm just going to say in the legal field and that's all I'm going to say. Um, I, I told them about it and they laughed at me mm. and I closed that part of me off for a really long time. I didn't acknowledge that it happened. I didn't speak on it, nothing. But this whole time I had this resentment against God because it happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was, it was, uh, a trauma that I experienced and could not find, I don't know what the right word is, comfort, couldn't find, you know, that it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Even though this happened, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to be all right. You're going to be fine. Never, um, never found peace with it at that point in my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I moved back home with my mom Mm. and just forgot all about it as much as I could, Mm -hmm. you know, just pushed it way, way in the back of my mind. And, uh, I think that's where my hatred for God began, uh, was because he allowed this or she allowed this to happen to me. And I was on this wonderful journey in life. I made a mistake, but was the price of that mistake really being sexually assaulted in a hotel room by a bunch of guys I didn't even know Mm -hmm. I mean what was is that what God does is that how God punishes you uh, Mm -hmm. when you don't follow his or her rules Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that uh that devastated me I'm uh, sure it did for a really long time and I've never spoke of this publicly. So this is the first time that anyone, even my family's hearing about this, that, that this mm-hmm. happened to me. Um, I uh, closed myself off from the world, mm-hmm. closed myself off. And I would not let people speak of God. I would not let people speak mm-hmm. of Jesus. I would not, you know, let me pray for you. And it was pretty much F off mm-hmm. right now. Get out of my face with that shit. I don't mm-hmm. want you, no, no, don't pray for me. You know, it's, uh, God's never been there for me. And that, that really began that the hatred that mm-hmm. uh, I felt for God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, take a breath. Yeah, I'm going to have a sip of coffee. <laughs> you please? <laughs> well, I, I'm grateful it's coffee. No. <laughs> well, you know, me Joey. Too. I'm so, I'm so taken by your bravery to tell this story. I'm so honored that you chose to tell me 
And I'm really honored that you're allowing other people to hear the pain that you've been through and the, the raw emotional anger and hatred that you have toward God in that moment. And I think all of us listening understand where you're coming from and why it is so powerful and palpable in your soul that you had to find someone to blame, you know, and that God would be the one. It also strikes me, though, how your spiritual walk is still what is now I'm struggling for words, but it still comes out when you said earlier that either he or she is too big, that God is too big for one book or all the books that you can write in the world. Your, your agnostic soul is still knowing there is a God you're angry at the God, but you still speak of God in ways that you know about the power and the ability. And I think that is why you're so angry because you're wondering why that power didn't come down and take you out of that situation. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, I'll, I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. The a point I want to add to that mm-hmm. is before I had talked about um, uh, religion being in a family where it's passed down generational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the God I was mad at. Mm. That was the one I was mad at was the one that I had been raised with by, you know, Pentecostal grandma, uh, Southern Baptist family. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that God was the one I was mad at. The one that I had been searching and searching and Mm -hmm. searching for Mm -hmm. and had found something a little different when I was in the program, right? but really, really couldn't grasp the concept of higher power, mm-hmm. you know, because I was, had been inundated with, you know, images of what God and Jesus mm-hmm. was. And it was the only religion that was it. There was no other religion mm-hmm. out there. And if you didn't believe this way, mm-hmm. uh, you were going to hell. Mm-hmm. Like you had said earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to hell if you don't believe yep. this exactly, exactly this. You're right. Going to hell. Yeah. That narrow. And there's path. no room for growth. <laughs> yeah. There's no room for growth. No, no. Or diversity, because in that religion right. in that religion, it excludes everybody else other than the person who believes it this way. And I don't think that was ever God's right. intention. And I don't think that's what Jesus preached. Jesus never preached. Well, you know, or, or spoke about such a narrow path that you can't all be on it. <laughs> um, so, so right. where, where do you go from, from there? So you're railing against God. You're angry at God. You won't let anybody speak of Jesus or God. Um, you know, you don't want anybody to pray for you. You're back at your mama's you're still drinking and what happened? Yeah. Uh, I spent an entire year in the house, an entire year I spent inside. I never went outside during the day. I went out once a month to um, get groceries. Uh, So that was the only like day trips that I would make. But there was a small store right down the road um, and 
I would go get alcohol or call someone to bring me alcohol and they would bring me alcohol uh, or, or I was able to, you know, to get alcohol. If there's one thing that you'll learn about an addict or an alcoholic is they'll find any ways or means mm-hmm. to feed that addiction. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did during that time. Did a lot mm-hmm. of stuff I'm not proud of. Did a lot of stuff I'm ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I really feel I did what I had to do to survive during that time without, mm-hmm. you know, even ever reaching out for God ever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. it was just something that I just pushed completely out of my, my mind. But Mm -hmm. after, after a year of being in the house, being severely depressed, Mm -hmm. uh, extremely Mm -hmm. depressed, I, um, decided that I was going to get out, uh, of it, of the house Mm -hmm. and get some help. So I called a mental health, uh, place. They directed me to a rehab and detox, uh, did that and started mental health again in my, mm-hmm. in my life. Um, found a therapist that was really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. She got me to want to enjoy life again mm-hmm. without the use of God or Jesus or, or any type of religious, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm theories or, or anything. So I, uh, met, uh, a wonderful man that I married. Uh, we had a pretty rocky relationship, uh, and just out of respect for him, I'm mm-hmm. not going to go into a lot of the details of yeah, sure. our marriage, sure, sure. but he was, he was uh, spiritual. He was a really spiritual guy. And he believed in God. He believed in Jesus. He come from a Southern Baptist family, just like I did. And, uh, you know, I thought it was amazing that these two Southern Baptist queers found each other. <laughs> good, it was good just, one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Because, um, you know, that term's used a lot here in the South. Mm-hmm. Oh, queers going yeah. to hell. Yeah. yeah so, but, uh, uh, and I hope I don't offend your audience by that, but that's just the reality of, of being in the South where we live. I hey, mean, you're those, speaking of where you live, but yeah, it's your choice. Those, <laughs> those slurs are thrown around yes, they are. all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I hear them almost every day. So uh, it's, it's, I've become numb to it almost, mm. but he, uh, he opened my eyes to a lot of spirituality a lot of growth from the christian aspect well Mm -hmm. from that i i had started reading um about different religions like uh wicca Mm -hmm. um um, dare i say the evil word witchcraft and Mm -hmm. uh things like that nature-based religions and uh my husband and i loved to garden um I still garden to this day. Uh, every year I have a big garden. Um, so I started to slowly, I think, begin to accept that higher power that I had learned about mm-hmm. 
in Narcotics Anonymous mm-hmm. many, 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 many years ago mm-hmm. uh, that these plants were things outside of my power. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand there and make them grow. I couldn't mm-hmm. stand there and make them bear fruit, but I could help them. Mm-hmm. I, I could give them the nutrients that they needed. I could, you know, make sure they had enough water. I could help them grow. And somewhere along the way, I think I began to find a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And I think it is nature-based. It's mm-hmm. because I, I think religion should be organic for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it should be structured. I don't think it should be um, compressed into one book or, you know, a couple of books, whatever your religious belief is, but still, I still struggle with having that upbringing of Mm -hmm. this is the only way, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe this way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I still battle with, well, I'd rather believe in nothing if I have to believe in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I'm at today, maybe a little more loose with uh, spirituality, not religion, but spirituality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my marriage ended. Uh, I blame God for that too. You know, uh, we had some issues uh, that neither one of us addressed. Uh, and it crippled us. Mm. And I, I still blame God. Where, where were you? You know, why didn't you show up and, and help us? Why didn't you, you know, where, where are you screaming? He believes. Why didn't you show up? He believes. Why didn't you show up? You know, mm. kind of, kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. But so now here I am on your podcast yeah. sharing my story. Well, I love you so much. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Again, the thing that continues to, to come up for me is that you leaning back in and being able to reclaim any part of the spirituality that you craved. You know, I want to want to want, you know, you, you don't, you don't give up. There are times that you have given in and, and, and allowed that alcohol to come back in your life or to allow that, you know, that kind of energy back, but you haven't, you haven't quit searching. You haven't quit opening yourself to it, to the, to the idea of whatever it is that you're searching for. You continue to search and to, to look. I want to know what that golden light is beyond that door. I couldn't go through. Mm. Well, I don't know what it is either, but I do know this, that it is available to all of us. And I think the path of love takes us there, but the path of love for me had to start with me 
And that was the hardest place. I could, I could help other people. I could love other people. I thought I was loving people really well, probably not as well as I thought at the time, because I was so hating myself. And, you know, preach, honey, preach, preach. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing that the thing that resonates with me that how we align sometimes is that I blamed God for so many things. And the one person, and I was hard on myself too. I mean, I was always feeling ashamed or guilty about everything. And I I have, I have joked Mm -hmm. about, you know, how, how I might actually have been Jewish at one point. And that's, you know, I don't want that to be (laughs) because I was always feeling guilty for everything. But, um, uh, and if that's offensive, I'm so sorry to all my listeners who may be Jewish. Um, but it finally hit me one day that the path that I've taken with the things that have happened to me. And as I'm writing this memoir, I can't tell you how emotionally fragile I have become remembering the things and seeing it playing out as I'm writing it. It's become so much clearer that, that there were things that happened in my, in my childhood and in my upbringing that scarred me and that I was not, uh, I was never number one. I can tell you that in my life, I was never number one in anybody's life. Um, And, and it, that whole neglectful kinds kind of thing really really damaged parts of me and so when i was railing against god and where were you and why weren't you there for me and why can't i feel this when you said i was looking for you know that that thing that thing inside of me and i just talked to somebody the other day saying i want to feel it inside of me i want if i can't have a burning bush if i can't have this right if i what is it and you know what it is me not wanting it because i'm scared shitless that if i look for it too hard and i don't get it can i be disappointed one more time i am in my own way and this is just for me. I'm not, I'm not talking about you, but in my walk, I am in my own way of really believing that God is the God who is with me in the pain, in the despair, in whatever I've done to hurt myself. God is right there for me, but I'm the one that can't feel God because I don't want to. I do. Well, that's I do. Beautiful. And that's I, beautiful. But I think I'm in my own way. And God was always there. He was there when Roddy was missing, you know, two years ago. He was there. And I, and boy, I railed against God then too, buddy. You take my my puppy and you put him out there in the woods injured. Where the hell are you? I was, I was absolutely distraught, you know, for two, three and a half weeks. But, but, you know, I really believe that God had nothing to do with his attack. God had nothing to do with how my parents treated me at times. God had nothing to do with the way friends have treated me at times. I think there was the God of my understanding walking with me through that. And I just never knew it. And that's why I say in my beautiful in the closing, you know, even when you didn't know it, God was always within you and God was always, I believe that because I, I know that's what my journey has all been about. And this gay with God podcast 
Yeah, I really, I love that you came on and told this story because this is what I want. I want people to know that we do not have a perfect path to God and we will not have a perfect path while we're with God. God is not there to sugarcoat mm-hmm. my life. God is not there to stop me say, oh, I'm sorry, Midge, you're being headstrong about this and you want to go down this path. I'm warning you. I'm warning. Okay, well, then I'm going to walk with you, but you're going <laughs> to going to hate where you wind up because i'm telling you that's not what i want for you right but just like you talked about your plants oh my god right. you are so smart that your plants it, it, it's almost and and i'm making an analogy now so here's joey god up here saying i want sure. you to grow and i'm going to give you nutrients and i'm going to give you water and i'm going to give you everything you need and all you need to do is do your job take the nutrients right take it and grow and then you know I think that's what God has done for me. It's like, I'm giving you all these people to tell you that you, you can be gay and, and go with me. I, I'm telling you all mm-hmm. these things. You have to listen, Midge. You're the one that has to do it. I can't do that for you. <laughs> I liked your analogy because the, when I was at the service via the, the internet yeah, uh, at the Episcopal church, mm-hmm. um, I, I realized uh, watching the service that the Episcopal religion isn't for me. Yeah. Uh, because I just feel it's not organic enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got to thinking in my head, well, why does that matter? You know, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking for God and these people have found God, then go with these people, you know, just, <laughs> just go with it, you know, just, just try. They, they accept you because you're queer or, or mm-hmm. you know because of whatever they they'll accept you they'll love you just go just go and it planted a seed in my head mm. and i thought about it all day yesterday mm. and you know i think that that is what spirituality for me is mm-hmm. is it's a seed mm-hmm. it's a seed in my garden yeah that seed has been there my whole entire life Mm-hmm. And I was listening to myself when I was telling my story and I was saying to myself, you're still calling out for God, your whole yes. journey. So yes. there is no disbelief in God. There's just the unknowing of who mm-hmm. God, he or she mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So I have this seed mm-hmm. that I want to, I want to want. That's the seed that I want to want plant. And I plant the seed. And it's my responsibility to care for it, mm-hmm. to make sure that, it, that, mm-hmm. that I love it, mm-hmm. that I give it the nutrients that it needs, that mm-hmm. I give it the right amount of water, mm-hmm. that, that I don't overdo it because if I overdo it, then I can kill it just as mm-hmm. quick as not doing anything at all. Yes. I watch the plant grow. I keep all the bad stuff away from it, all the weeds away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all the things that I know are bad for me, alcohol, drugs, you know, mm-hmm. certain people in my mm-hmm. life, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I watch this plant grow. And the experience of God, I think, is in that process. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, after all the hard work and, and you know, storms that you've gone through, um, trying to keep the plant safe and out of harm's way, uh, it fruits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that whole journey is kind of my religion or spirituality. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think my church is in my garden, if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. And I believe you'll find God there <laughs> because he was a creator too, you know. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he's in my tomatoes this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joey, this has been the best conversation, the absolute best. And I want, I want to extend more love to you and to know that what you went through really did matter and it really did happen and you really did survive it. And, and you are loved. You are deeply, deeply loved. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate your listeners and you uh, bearing with me for yet another hour um, (laughs) through my insane life. But thank you very much, Midge. I appreciate you you and what you do. Thank you. Thank you. So let me regroup. (laughs) Get it together, girl. Get it it together. together. (laughs) I got a thing to say. (laughs) Say that thing. Say that thing. Here's that thing. So I want to thank you again, Joey, for honoring us with your faith journey story and going deeper so that we can understand even more clearly um, the pain that you have been in and the way that you are rising back up. Uh, with the seeds that you're planting for yourself and for others. And I want to thank you listeners for coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Joey, go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. If you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in relationship with God, if you are authentically gay, God and the God of your understanding The seeds that you plant have always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community and check out the Facebook group, Gay With God. See y'all next week. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.